Welcome to the Prayer Life Podcast. We're so excited to launch this new mini-series as a resource for you to tackle some tough questions about prayer. My name is Josh Carroll. I'm the Life Group's pastor at Fellowship Dallas, and today I'm joined by Mitzi Ariano, the women's pastor at Fellowship. Hey. Chris Young, our Young Adults Director at Fellowship. How you guys doing? It's good to be here. And Robert Harris, our Life Group's intern. Hey, everybody. For this first season, it's our very first season, we're starting this off right away, we'll be discussing some tough questions about God and prayer. Questions like, does God hear all prayers? Does God respond to every prayer? And why pray if God is sovereign? Our goal is to balance the theological with the practical and equip you to step into these hard conversations. So, without further ado, we'll get into it. Mitzi Ariano, Women's Pastor at Fellowship. Have you ever run across these kind of questions uh, about God and prayer as you're ministering to people? Josh, I hear questions like this regularly about why prayer is important. I think people really wonder, is, it, is what I'm praying effective? Is how I'm praying making a difference? Does God hear me when I'm praying? And I think people are, are more concerned about um, saying the right things um, and maybe hoping that they're that they are doing things right as opposed to just being in relationship with God through prayer. So if the main thing's about relationship and that's kind of their concern is the uh is the question even valid? Like does God hear my prayer? Is it an important question as we walk through it? I think it's the question people have and and I think I think um, because so many times we don't hear God's response in a verbal way necessarily, I think they're wondering, is he hearing mine? And so um, I just keep being reminded that we are his children and that regularly in scripture, we're told to pray. And if we're told to pray, then that must mean that God hears our prayers and that our prayers are effective. Chris Young as you uh, as you minister to young adults, how often does this question come up when you're when you're having conversations about God and prayer? It comes up a, a lot. Uh, you know, young adults are really concerned with you know if not only if God cares about what they're going through, but you know how to communicate that to them. You know how often. And I know a lot of young adults they are really particular with saying the right things to God, and is this the right prayer? You know, will he respond to this particular prayer? You know, uh, I'm always reminding them that, you know, God, we have to remember that God hears everything uh, in the entire week. He can hear everything. And he does care about what's on our hearts. And he, he instructs us to bring it to him and to ask and, and we shall receive. And so uh, I'm always encouraging them to just just be open with God. It's more about your relationship with him. Uh, than it is about getting specific words right. If your heart's right, then he'll hear your heart. That's an important important distinction because I think what gets in the way of people understanding what, what prayer is, is is they forget about the relational aspect of prayer. They forget that God God meets them where they're at, right? Rather than we have to say the right words, we have to do the right phrases, everything has to be super theological. God meets us where we're at and hears our words, right? Whether they're, you know, crying out to God with just, I don't know how to say things or 
they are well thought through prayers that are heavy in theology. God hears us, meets us exactly where we're at, and he also meets us where our heart is at, right? So the difference between me saying a bunch of words that I think were pleasing to God and pleasing to the people around us um, and, and me not really expressing my heart, there's, there's a danger in that too. So if God is hearing our prayers and God is listening to what's going on, how do we know? I mean, are we expecting a response from him? Are we expecting him to um, respond in a real powerful way just to kind of say, hey, I've heard you and here's my response? Robert, what do you think? Yeah, I think at, at some level... Everybody hopes for that. I mean, I think, I just think of all the people, all the stories in scripture of people crying out to God and their deepest desire is that he does act in a really big way. Um, I don't know, for some reason, my mind just went to like the Israelites in Egypt during their time of slavery and just their cries to God. And, and they wanted a response to God, but not just some kind of surface level comfort. They were like, get us out of here. Um, we want you to move like really, really powerfully in a way that is undeniably you. And so I, I think that's a consistent mindset that all people have is like, God, I, I want to know how big you are. Do something really huge so that I know it's you. Um, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to expect and hope for God to be big because he is, and he absolutely has all the power in the universe to do those things. Um, I think with the um, mindset that God can also work in other ways. Hey, Robert, that's a really good point. Um, I, I honestly think that when God steps in and, and he meets us where we're at, it's a real powerful thing. We have this promise that Jesus gave in Matthew 7, 7 through 14. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. So we have this really neat promise where God has said, or Jesus has promised, and he said, if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, but God will respond, God will answer, God will show you what's going on. But I think sometimes we forget that asking, seeking, and knocking implies investigation on our part, Right? So we can't just be content with asking and throwing it up there and then, and then being passive in it. I think Jesus is telling us we need to ask, seek, and knock. All three of those things go together. And, uh, and we need to be willing as we're investigating when our will is wrapped up into something and we think it's going to go a certain way. If God's answering, we need to be ready to hear that. And we need to uh, be ready to pivot into his will. And, and I'll tell you what, this, this, uh, this thing that Jesus says is a promise for provision. We use that a lot, but it's also a promise for revelation. He's, he's going to be with you as you seek. When you knock, he's going to answer. When you ask, he's going to provide. So where do you guys think the main thing that people get stuck on, if we're looking at ask, seek, and knock, where, where do people get stuck in this process? Where do they get confused about prayer? What do you guys think? I think when, when they don't see the answer to their prayer right away, I think they, I think they get um, may, um, frustrated perhaps, or, you know, um, God, are you really listening to what I'm saying? Um, I think they're looking, I think for the most part, and I'll say this even for me personally, 
when I don't see God answer in the affirmative in particular, then I'm like, well, what's wrong? What did I do something wrong? Did I, did I not pray it the right way? Maybe I have the wrong attitude. Um, maybe I've done, I think, I think the biggest lie I ever believed was that God might be punishing me or that I might be doing something wrong. Um, and that a yes was, was kind of affirmation of his blessing for me. And a no was, you know, his, his just keeping things from me. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is that when I pray, I expect my prayer to be answered the way I want it to be prayed instead of praying the way God wants me to pray. It's kind of like your second guess yourself in prayer, right? Like, yes. So what's the difference, like Chris or Robert, what's the difference between second guessing yourself in prayer? Like Mitzi's making a great point. I mean, I know I've done that too. I know I've talked to several people that way. What, what's the difference between second guessing yourself and actually investigating, seeking, and then knocking? I think one difference could be to second guess yourself is to worry about what you just asked God about and to keep that all in your head. I think to investigate it would be to go to God's word to see what it has to say about what you just requested and even to connect with you know Christian community and share that request with them and see, have them pray with you and interact with you as you're petitioning God for this. So I think yeah, it's, it's the difference between worrying and going to God's word and his, and his family, the clarity. Yeah, just to bounce off of that, I mean, I think um, I would just say that if, if you're wondering if you're second guessing or, or truly seeking, um, I think just, just look at um, what you're being led to do. So, you know, second guessing is going to lead you to slowly maybe pray less because you think I'm not praying right. So maybe I should just not pray at all. Um, whereas investigating is going to lead you to pray more because yeah, maybe you're unsure if you're praying right, but that's going to lead you to want to engage God more relationally, to engage in the discipline and practice of prayer more, knowing that um, that will help you. Um, so I think you can look at, you know, is this drawing me away from God, in which case something worrying is going on, or is this drawing me closer to God, in which case I can, I can trust this process. And I just think to add to that, many of us, when we pray, to Mitzi's point, we're really praying for the affirmative every time. And so I think a part of our worry is that God won't affirm it. And so when we pray, we're not really asking God that his will be done, really asking God that our will be done in this case, and and, and we don't hold it open-handedly. And so I think that it's important to, when we pray to God, to to know that, you know, it's it's about really his will. And it's about, you know, giving our will for his and being open to whatever his response would be, even if it's not affirmative. Chris, what I've discovered, I think, is that asking the question, what is God's purpose in this, and how can I get my agenda out of the way, so many times leads me to a better yes that God has for me than the one that maybe I had in mind in the first place. So I feel like I've learned a lot of patience, a lot of trust, a ton of faith. It has built my faith more than anything to go through this time of kind of um, seeking God's will in what I'm praying as opposed to just having my own agenda when I pray. It's great, guys. Thank you for that. And I think what I've heard over and over again is it's 
first part of this ongoing relationship that we have with God, right? Um, we aren't robots. God isn't distant. God isn't some, you know, vending machine in the sky where we ask, and if we ask in the right way and we put the correct amount of change in, we'll get the right response. Um, everybody's been to a vending machine where they pushed a button and something different has come out, and we're disappointed and grumpy because it's, you know, honey roasted peanuts when we wanted a candy bar. It's not like that, right? God is wanting relationship with us. He meets us where we're at. And in this ongoing relationship, we grow in our understanding of him, which is the main thing, like understanding him more and more and who we are in light of that is how God works in relationships. It's a beautiful thing. So as we grow more and more in relationship, we start to understand God's will more and more. This asking is just the intro part of it, saying, Father, we trust you enough with this request that we're going to ask you. The seeking part is how you grow, you step into it, you investigate, you look, you say, what is God's will? You constantly pray more, search his word, enter into community. And the knocking is even kind of testing where you've been, where you, am I in the right place? Am I um, in God's will? And it's all part of this ongoing relationship he wants with us, which is this, this beautiful thing. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things, thinking about relationship, thinking about prayer, and the dynamics of that relationship, and as you grow in that, understanding more and more His will. Now, so we talked a little bit about what that looks like in relationship with God. What about unbelievers, people that don't care about God, people that haven't cared to God up to this point where they maybe cry out to God? Um, one, why would an unbeliever pray? And then two, does God hear that prayer? Mitzi, what do you think? Uh, well, certainly, God hears the prayer of an unbeliever, especially as they are seeking him. We know that he did that with the, um, the man on the cross who sought Jesus and said, please remember me. And the tax collector that said, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Um, and then, of, and then for sure, I think my favorite story is the one of Cornelius in Acts 10, where it says he was, he was praying to God and crying out to God and God, um, hears his prayers, and then sends Peter to meet with him and to tell him all about Jesus. So yes, I think for sure when they are seeking God, God always hears the prayer of a non-believer in that situation. Yeah, any more thoughts about that, guys? I know, uh, I know when I've ministered to people, um, when they found out I'm a pastor, or they're just wondering, hey, I know you're a Christian. I know that you pray. Like I'll pray for people or I'll tell them I'm going to pray for them if something's going on in their life. And they've asked me, what good is prayer? You know, what good is prayer? Or, or they've stepped into prayer and they've, and they've had this prayer, like crying out to God, but they've just not connected with God. And that's frustrated them. Um, again, relationship is so important. One of the things that I get to tell people all the time is God will hear your prayer as an unbeliever and, and send people to talk to you just like he sent Peter to Cornelius. But at the same time, if you want to really connect with God in prayer, it entails a relationship and a commitment. It, it can't be this every once in a while, just crowd to God or, or something's going on and I crowd to God, you know, it's an ongoing relationship. And so one of the reasons people don't feel God, don't understand God in prayer is their relationship isn't there. They just either don't want that aspect of it or haven't cultivated that aspect of it. Any other thoughts on that, guys? I think, I mean, something that just comes to mind is that, I mean, prayer has to be wrapped in humility. 
um, again, it's, there's this relational aspect, but also that we're uh, children coming to our father. And so there's a deep intimacy that's there. And yet we are children and he is our father. We are not peers. And so there's this sort of um, kind of humbleness by which we come to him knowing like, ultimate, like it is not my place to tell you what you have to do to me or for me or through me. I just come with open arms and I trust your love and your wisdom. And I think um, since an unbeliever by very nature lacks this sort of relationship, I think many times their sort of their prayers aren't wrapped in this humility. Um, We've already talked about um, coming to God and asking him to carry out his will and not to force our agenda. But I think this is often the prayer of many unbelievers is no, I have this particular thing, come meet my need, but without the relationship, I don't want you. I just want your gifts. Um, and not I think, believers, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'll into that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I think this is where God will often respond as Mitzi already said, by sending someone to tell them the gospel to say, I would love to respond to you, but I want that to happen in context of relationship. I don't want to be a mere Santa Claus to you. And so please come to me, know me, and then I can, I can engage with you at a more intimate level. I think it's a reminder too, that, that our relationship with God is through Jesus. And um, Jesus has said, whoever comes, I'll, I won't drive them away. I won't push them away. And I think he is welcoming, but it is through this relationship that we have through Jesus to God. And it just speaks to God's mercy, right? I mean, usually when unbelievers cry out, they're crying out for mercy or some kind of acceptance where they're saying, where, where they're just at the end of their rope and God uses that in people's lives to say, okay, you've come to the end of yourself and you had to do that to get 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 out of your own head and pay attention to what's going on with me, the creator of the world, right? And God, God does that in this beautiful way. But Mitzi, you're exactly right. Like if we're crying out for mercy, believer or unbeliever, God meets us where we're at, sends people. And because of the grace and mercy that he has, there's never, you've never gone too far where God can't hear your prayer. You've never sinned too much where God can't hear your prayer. You've never done too many bad things and, and, and uh, removed yourself so much that God won't hear a prayer for mercy and for kindness and, and grace. And he'll meet you where you're at. That's the beautiful thing about who God is. And none of us deserve it. And that's, uh, that's what grace and love is really about, right? All right. Let's see. Let's move on to the, one of the harder questions. The harder questions we're going to talk about today. Why pray if God is sovereign? If God is in control of the entire universe, if God knows all of the things that are going to happen ahead of time, if God is completely in control of everything, why do we pray? I mean, do we step into that? Like, what's the point of us praying? Or do our prayers make a difference is maybe another way to put it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think one of the, the questions people have is, if he's going to accomplish his will no matter what, then what, what difference does it make? You're right. That's, that's a, the perfect question. I think something to remember is also that when people ask this, um, I think there is a theological response, but when we engage in, in the, the ministry of responding, remembering that often they're not coming with the mindset of an academic. It's almost never unaccompanied with some kind of raw emotion 
some kind of hurt, some kind of felt need that like, like I don't even know if why pray. I, I don't feel like it's going to do anything at all. Um, and so I think it's helpful in res- when responding to, the, to that to know that we can provide an answer, but also to recognize we're also responding to, to an emotional aspect um, and not just providing some kind of intellectual kind of high view answer. That's a good point, Robert. Definitely. Usually any of these questions about prayer, relationship with God are going to have some, some kind of um, emotional aspect of it, some kind of hurt from somebody's past. If it's a stumbling block in relationship with God and them, there's going to be something else going on. We always talked about, um, in one of the, one of my mentors and I always talked about the, the underlying question. So as a pastor, you have somebody come into the office and wondering something, but there's always an underlying question and it usually has something to do with their personal relationships or their hurts or their fears even. And so this aspect of why, why should we pray? What difference does it make? There might be something else going on under there too. Good recognize. Thanks Robert for that. Chris, you were going to say something. Yeah. We have to remember that God is relational. God is not interested in just doing things because he knows about everything. You know, God, God in, invites us to come to him often to pray uh, and whenever we get a chance without ceasing. And I mean, he does that knowing that he knows everything. And so God is interested in having a discussion with us and dialogue with us. And, and perhaps when we pray, I know this has been the case for me, when I'm praying to God, although I know God knows everything, most often what happens in my prayer time is, you know, God would change, he would form my words, like the spirit would, would give me the words to say. And, and through just a discussion with God, just talking to him, I would see, I would better see his will for me. And, and typically, like my prayers start off, hey, God, I'm in trouble. I need you right now. And they typically end, but God, I know you're great. I know you have been there since the beginning, and you have blessed me in the past, and I trust you today. And so, so prayer is a discussion with God, and God wants us to have that so that he can interact with us through his spirit to reassure us that he is in control, and he hasn't forgotten, and he, he does have our best, uh, you know, at heart. and. And, and he does want good things for us. Chris, I think uh, I just follow up on that. I, I think re- knowing that God is sovereign, rather than keeping us from praying, it actually becomes foundational for our prayer. And, and the more I've grown and the more I've learned, the more I realize that is the foundation of my prayer. And the goal for me, and it wasn't initially. I think I used to pray hoping that I could change God. And what I've realized is when I recognize God's sovereignty, when I pray, even when I'm wrestling with God, that he begins to change my will to be more conformed to his. And I think that it moves me more than, than my desire to move or impact him. It becomes this this new kind of this new dance of coming alongside of of God and what his will is. So that I think that's been just such a huge shift in my prayer life is recognizing, oh, this doesn't keep me from praying. This this helps me align with where God is going. And I think the bottom line, right, Mitzi, like you're saying, is God wants us to be part of what he's doing. Right. And and I think we've all kind of touched on this a little bit. God is sovereign, but God wants relationship with us. 
and he wants to include us in that. And what a privilege it is to be included in that aspect of his plan and his work, like Peter with Cornelius. And I, I really think we can go back to that seek. He wants us to be part of what he's doing. So we're supposed to seek, we're supposed to investigate, we're supposed to explore and get on God's path. And that's a beautiful thing. Such a privilege that we're, because God is all powerful. He's able to do all these things. But in relationship, he wants us to be, he wants to use us. He wants us to be part of it. And he wants to reveal more and more about who he is, I think is one of the most powerful things that as I've grown in my prayer life to understand that God is in that revelatory business. He's not a standoffish, get in line my way or the highway type God, right? He is a God that says, come along with me. And as you come along and walk with me, I'm going to show you who I am, more and more of who I am, more and more of my holiness, more and more of my love, more and more of my grace. And the expectation of that, there's, those things are so powerful and so real that we will lean in rather than lean away. We will grow more and more in our understanding, in our, in our comprehension, in our reliance on him as he reveals more and more to us and teaches us along the way. So I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of answering this question, saying, why should I pray? What difference does it make? I think it's just a, one, it's a wrong, wrong-headed question, right? It's a question that just may be like, ugh, because it just doesn't respect the fact and, and look at the fact that God is, what God is up to. It's kind of got a wrong view of God in some sense. But it's a legitimate emotional question, but it has the way we answer it looks at God and who he is and what he's up to in relationship with us and teaching us and growing us rather than what I can get out of it. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, a a helpful parallel for me, because I've had this question before, um, especially like as someone who likes to kind of dive into theological, you know, the deep end and like, I'm like, man, I don't know how to think about this, but it's helpful to, to see the parallel between this and um, evangelism. Um, I think we see in scripture that um, ultimately God is powerful enough that he can save through a number of means. Like he could just give everybody a dream that's so overwhelmingly convincing that that person becomes a Christian. And we know from scripture that, you know, even cases of preaching the gospel, that ultimately it's the spirit, it's God himself who draws the heart so that no one can boast, like, I, I saved that person. And so we could ask the question, like, well, why even, like, share the gospel? If God can save them anyway, if God himself is the one who has to do it by his power, then I can, I can not say anything and he's going to save them anyway. But I think it ignores the facts, like you were saying, Josh, that you know, God has designed a means by which this is going to happen, that he has designed the, the means for the spirit to work to do the saving through the planting of the seed, which is the gospel. And, and that's us. He's called us to be those sowers. And so in the same way, when it comes to prayer, I think we can recognize like, yeah, ultimately God is sovereign. I, I like what you said, Mitzi, that that's, that really inspires us to pray because I can go to God and I can understand this is the very means by which God wants to interact with the world. And I'm reminded, you know, that, I think Josh made a comment earlier about um, God inviting us into a process and not just sitting on the stand, sitting on the sidelines. I'm reminded of Genesis 17 when when Abraham, you know, who who knows God's power and His might, he's a man of faith. Uh, he's praying uh, for a son, 
right? And and God, and he says, hey, you're going to have a son. And then Abraham's response is, hey, I'm, I'm an old man. And so is my wife. You know, like, are you kidding me? And Abraham goes, well, can it be Ishmael, right? Can you bless Ishmael? And, and God responds, no, because <laughs> it's not going to be. Already, right. Like the son he had through another. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Not through Sarah. Right. So he's wanting no. his own son that was from him and Sarah. Yeah. Absolutely. He says, Sarah's going to be the wife, you know, who will bear the son. And that will, I, will, I will establish my covenant with. But then he says something really cool to, to Abraham which is encouraging to us about a God who knows everything. And that is, he says, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. So, so he responds and goes, Ishmael will, you know, I will bless him and make him fruitful and greatly multiply him as well. So just the fact that God let Abraham in on the fact that he heard him and then he let him in on what he had planned for Ishmael. It's, it's just really nice. It's this nice little dance, like a, uh, Missy said, when we talk to God, God sometimes privileges us to know what he's doing and to know what his program is about. And I, I think, man, that, that's a great point. Like, what did Abraham learn about God through that answer, right? Abraham learned that God cares, that God has his love. And even if it's not the main line plan that God has for Abraham and Sarah, like he was still taking care of his family. He was still doing these things because he is a provider and he does love them and he showed them grace. It's very cool. Abraham, there's a series of, as you walk through Abraham's life, it's a series of how God is teaching Abraham about who God, who he is, who is, is his character and nature and this beautiful thing of, I'm going to work you along and I'm going to meet you where you're at and I'm going to meet you where you're at and I'm going to show you little by little and build on that. And, uh, and we still have that today. It survives today for us to see it too. I think, one of the main reasons that we pray too is because we're told to pray. And, and I think it's just simple obedience. Sometime. I love the analogy that you gave Robert, because I think we're told to share the gospel, right? And so it's something that we've been told to do. It's out of obedience that we do it. We don't always know the result of that, but we've been told to pray, to pray without ceasing, to pray with and not lose heart, but don't worry, but pray. All of those times that we're told to pray, I, um, I really like um, what Piper said. The quote that I read was, God makes our humble, dependent, expectant cries for help, the instruments of what he does in the world. We don't know how it all works. We don't understand all of it, but we are told to obediently pray. And I think that's, that's one of the main reasons that we pray. That's cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for listening. Be looking for more of these episodes as we step further and further into the topic of prayer. We hope that you're personally encouraged by what we've had to say here and you walked away with some practical uh, tips and practical things you can share with people and uh, just be looking for the future. We're excited about what God's up to and let me close us in prayer. Father, thanks so much for this time that we could be here. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you have given us insight into everything, Lord, um, that, you, that you want us to know about relationship with you, relationship with each other. And thank you that we're just able to come to you in prayer. We have access because of what your son has done on the cross and, and given us access to you and to your spirit to just be able to pray. 
we love you god and we pray that you would bless the people that are listening to this podcast bless our team here and uh, inspire us to enter deeper and deeper into relationship with you through prayer in your name amen amen amen